Wow, that was a great testimony this morning. Um, I don't know if you realize this or not, but we, we're doing what God told us to do this morning. Um, um, when, the, when the church sent out the Apostle Paul, he went out on his first missionary journey, and what did he do when he came back? He gave a report. He gave a report. And he told the church all the things that God had done. And they, the church was amazed. The church stood amazed at how powerful God is and all the ways that God moves. We did that this morning. I, I don't know how, how you can not be moved by what God has done as our team stepped out in faith and did what God called them to do. You heard, um, you heard a couple of our team members say that they were not sure about going. That it was, and Josh a few weeks ago gave his testimony and said, I, I just didn't know. And Caleb kept chasing me and I just didn't know. And right, Josh, right up to the last, didn't know if he should go or not. And Megan kind of alluded to that as well. And that's a normal wrestling when God is calling us, that's, that's normal. What do I do? Do I go? Do I not? What do I do? And they wrestled. And they said, yes. And you heard Megan say, I had, a, I had a thousand reasons why I shouldn't go. And I know she hated to leave her boys. And I think that included Pete. I'm not sure. <laughs> she did say that. Okay. She had a thousand reasons not to go. But God kept saying, you got to go. And she said, yes. And you heard the stories. I don't know if it, if it came out clear enough, but when we send a team somewhere, God is busy doing work in the lives of people that we're going to, in this case, our sister church, and I am confident that our team was a blessing to the leaders over there in Romania with our sister church. And you heard the stories about how they, their hearts were knit together with the kids and, and everybody who was part of the ministry. But God also works in us when we move. When we say yes and we, and we, and we follow that call of obedience, even when there's a thousand reasons not to, God will do an amazing work. I hope you heard that this morning. And for our team to sit up here and say, I was afraid and God met my fears. I didn't know what I was going to do and God showed me. I didn't think I could have an impact and yet God used me. That's an amazing story. And that's why God tells us to go back to the church that sent you and give a report because we all need to be part of that. We were all part of sending them and we're all part of the rejoicing when they come back. So I want to thank you, team for saying yes, or thank you for going. I want to thank you for, for following the call that God had, had, had led you on, because we have all been blessed because of it. We've all been blessed because of it. We've been studying the Sermon on the Mount the last few months. We started with the Beatitudes, and uh, we've been working our way through. There's lots of topics inside the Sermon on the Mount, and I'd like to put a wrap on that this morning. And it's very fitting that we should have a testimony from our sister church in Romania and our team. 
as they, they wrestled through all the different parts of the, the ministry, it's very appropriate that we should end the Sermon on the Mount with that testimony. The Sermon on the Mount is full of contrasts and choices, starting with the, the Sermon on the Mount, or the, the Beatitudes, blessed are you, blessed are those, and the contrast between the way of God's kingdom and the way of the world. And as Jesus, as I would say today, comes in for a landing at the end of the sermon, the whole five, chapters 5, 6, and 7 of Matthew, the last part of chapter 7, he's coming in for a landing to close the sermon out, to close out this teaching on what it means to live in the kingdom. And it's no, it's no accident that he gives choices. We don't have time to go into all the choices. In fact, in your sermon notes, I, I, I picked three of the choices that he gave. We'll just, we'll just focus on one for the few minutes that we have left. Choices. Choices. It's A or B. God doesn't give us C. There is no third option with Jesus. And when Jesus gave these choices in Matthew 7 to close out the Sermon on the Mount, what does it mean to live in the kingdom? What does it mean to walk in the values that God has for us, the truths that God has for us, the principles God has for us? What does it mean to be citizens of his kingdom here and now, not just in the future? He gave choices. And he always just gave two choices. Life or destruction. His kingdom or the world. He gave those choices. Look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Let's look at this choice and see what, what Jesus is, is um, bringing us to as, as he culminates. First of all, I want us to notice here in the text, he says, enter by the narrow gate. Everyone enters. Everyone enters one of these two gates. There's no exception to it. We all enter a gate. And there are two gates to choose from, the narrow gate and the wide gate. Let's look at those gates. First of all, the wide gate. Our world loves the wide gate. It's perfect with our world of many choices, lots of diversity, anything goes, you can choose what you want. It's an invitation to tolerance. It's an, in, it's an invitation to all kinds of preferences, all kinds of passions, all kinds of pursuits. It's a gate that marks the way for self-centeredness, for whatever morals, values, principles you care to live by, you, you come on in. At this gate, there are no boundaries. There's no, there's no curb. I can't help but think I used to be a curb and gutter guy. I used to do curb and gutter construction. And that's what we did. We put boundaries on roads. There's no boundaries in the roads behind this gate. No off limits. It's all there for you. No restrictions, come and do, come and be as you please. And then there's the narrow gate. The narrow gate is clearly marked and has well-defined boundaries. The narrow gate is clearly defined by God's word. 
It's clearly defined by his revelation of himself to us. And that's what the Sermon on the Mount has been about. What does it mean to live in his kingdom? What does God expect as his citizens in his kingdom? The narrow gate is marked by his truth. It's marked by his grace. And it's marked by his life. We walk this road. We enter this gate by accepting his invitation to salvation. To come and live with him. To come and abide with him. To come and be with him. We walk through this gate as his call to discipleship. And he gives us a hope for the destination, for the future that he has for us. Behind this gate, there's a destination, an eternal destination for us. And that destination is life. It's eternal life. It's life here and now. It's life. And Jesus said, I've come to give you life, and I've come to give you life to the full. That's all behind the narrow gate. It's a revelation of his truth that teaches us how to live behind this gate. On Friday, Sandy and I celebrated 41 years of marriage. I just had to sneak that in someplace. We had a gift certificate to go to Oak Ridge Conference Center for lunch. So we found ourselves going to Oak Ridge. Just, you know where it is, down the road on Highway 41 here? If you've ever noticed, if you've ever driven in there, uh, I've been by it a thousand times, and I still am surprised as to where the entrance to the driveway is. Come on, are you with me? You've done it? Okay, so I'm cruising down north on Highway 41, and I'm, we're going to Oak Ridge Conference Center, and oh, there's the driveway. It's right there. Slam on the brakes, put the turn signal on, and now I'm stopped on Highway 41. And if you know this, the circumstances, there's a big, broad curve right there. And so I'm stopped on the road in the left turn lane, uh, in the main lane, and cars are whizzing by us. And there's a little bypass lane right there. So they're all sliding over. And, I, and I'm, I'm nervous. I'm, I'm nervous because this is a hidden driveway. Nobody sees me sitting there until they come around the corner, and I'm right there. And there's this big 18-wheeler comes flying, and I am telling he's flying behind me. And... It didn't bother him a bit. He just veered off into the bypass lane, missed our car by a few feet. It was part of what you're supposed to do. I was terrified. The way is narrow. And the way, the narrow gate is not always well marked. It's Jesus with his invitation. There are no flashing signs. There's, there's no big billboard there to tell you, make a left turn now. It's a gentle voice of the Holy Spirit calling you. The wide gate, by contrast, is there for everybody to see. It's wide. Hello, I'm stating the obvious here. It's wide. But when I think about, when I think about the wide gate, I think about Times Square in New York, which I've never been to, but I've just seen the pictures all the neon lights and all the, the big screens up on the, on the buildings and arrows pointing this way and that way and opportunities everywhere. Come and see this. Come and see that. Come and do this. Come and do that. Lights everywhere. I don't, I don't know that it ever sleeps there. It's always brilliant light. Come. Come in. Come in. Come in for whatever pleasure suits you. You see, the, the wide way is well marked, and it's a huge, big invitation 
I think of the state fair entrance in the same way. Maybe not, maybe not quite as gaudy. But still, people, hey, come and park here. Come and park your car right here in my yard and come this way, come this way. I'll take your tickets and come on in. That's the wide gate. Jesus said that the gates offer an easy way or a hard way. The wide way offers an ease of life and it has no restrictions whatsoever. It also encourages you to bring all your baggage with you. You see, when you go in the wide gate, there's no, there's no security there. There's nobody saying, uh, you bring in pride with you, you need to leave that at the gate. You bring in sin with you, you need to leave that at the gate. You're bringing your self-centeredness with you, you need to leave that at the gate. No room for that here. You see, the wide gate says, don't check any bags, Bring it all with you. We'll take it all. Anything is acceptable. Anything goes. You get the idea. You can continue to follow your own wisdom. You can continue to seek your own passions and your own inklings. Do as you please. Speak as you will and pursue whatever your pleasure might be. That's the wide way. By contrast, the hard way, the narrow gate requires that you examine your life and that you yield your life to Jesus Christ. The narrow gate, the hard way, requires that you confess your sin, that you renounce unrighteousness, and you, you, that you seek God's wisdom. And in that way, we go through the narrow gate. Jesus himself said, it's the hard way. It's the way that Christ is teaching us in the Sermon on the Mount. This is the way, walk in it. And Jesus, all through the Sermon on the Mount, gave us examples of what it means to live the transformed life, to live the life that's, that's yielded to Jesus Christ. The destinations behind these gates are also clear. The wide gate leads to destruction, and the narrow gate leads to life. And I was thinking about this, and without this qualifier, we might be tempted to think that the world's wisdom, the world's pleasure is an attractive option. Jesus said it himself, the, the wide gate is the easy way. But Hebrews eleven twenty five tells us that Moses considered Christ of greater value than the fleeting pleasure of sin. Did you hear that? The fleeting pleasure of sin. You see, when we hear these comparisons, some of us might be tempted to think, well, sin doesn't sound that bad. The world doesn't sound that bad. It sounds like bright lights. It sounds like, it sounds like a momentary pleasure. It sounds like I, maybe I want to go down that road. But the Bible says it's a fleeting pleasure. It might be good for a moment. But Jesus said the end of it is destruction. Moses, Hebrews 11, also tells us that Moses considered that knowing Christ was a greater treasure than all of Egypt, where he was. There's a pleasure to sin. Team Challenge will be here next week, and I hope you can come. And if you've heard their stories, you know that they, they, they tell their stories sometimes pretty graphically. 
And they'll tell you that, that sin, choices that they have made that have led to addictions, that have led to lives that are controlled by substances, all start with the fleeting pleasure of sin. It all starts by saying, yeah, I think this is a good idea. Yeah, this will be fun. Yeah, I think this will be really rewarding. I think this will be pleasurable. And so I'll take this, I'll do that, I'll enjoy this. But the Bible says it's a fleeting pleasure. And the folks from Teen Challenge are going to come next week and they're going to tell us where that fleeting pleasure led them and how Christ redeemed them from it. So pick a topic these days, whether it's gender, whether it's substance abuse, whether it's adultery. You see, we choose sin because it seems to be the easier way but it leaves us empty at the end of the day. And worse, Jesus said it leads to destruction. Any worldview that doesn't have Christ in the center of it leaves us longing for more. Our pride, our arrogance, our self-centeredness, that's all promoted by the world. It all, all the world is saying, come, come, come. But it all leaves us with nothing but shallow, broken relationships. And yet the world invites Come as you please, do as you please, seek only pleasure and fulfillment. But the heart that's set on Christ finds life, enduring and satisfying life. Listen to Psalm 84. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he do, does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. You see, Jesus tells us that he's the door, he's the gate. He is the truth. He is the life. So our choice is clear. Our choice is vivid. The way of life or the way of destruction. Christ's leadership or our own wisdom. The joy of the Lord or the pleasure of the world. The fullness of life in Christ or the empty promises of the world. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up here and they're going to lead us out. But if you read the rest of the passage, and I encourage you to do so, Christ goes on to talk about the wise man builds his house on a solid foundation. And you, you know the story. He, he gives the illustration of the a man who built his house on sand or built it on a rock. And there's another choice for you. But I'm struck by the fact that our Romania team stood up here this morning and told us that they made choices. Going on a missions trip isn't everything to your, your, your spiritual life, to your faith, to your walk with Jesus. It's not everything. But I think you heard this morning that you're never, ever the same again. And when I think about each of them making those choices, they were faced with the same choices that Jesus is talking about. Do I give in to myself? Do I just refuse to follow Jesus? Or do I follow him? And I think going on that missions trip is kind of like a fast track into God's kingdom life. It shows us what it means to be completely yielded to Jesus. It shows us what it means to be completely overcome by the Spirit's leading. I often think of those who go on a missions team are, are sometimes in a, in a Holy Spirit bubble for those 10 days. 
they learned how to live in the kingdom. And the offer, is, the offer is there for us, every one of us today. Jesus said, choose the narrow gate or the wide gate. It's your choice today. What will you do? Will you follow Jesus? And I don't know if that's a salvation message for you today. Will you choose Jesus to start your life in his kingdom? Or whatever you're facing today, will you choose the narrow way and choose his life? And I pray you choose his life today. Whatever decision you're facing, whatever choice you're making, whatever is in front of you this week, choose Jesus. Amen. Lord, thank you for the testimonies we've heard today. They are kingdom testimonies. Thank you for the teaching that you have given us in what we call the Sermon on the Mount. You have vividly portrayed what it means to live in your kingdom. Lord, we desire to do that. We desire to pour ourselves into what, what you have for us. We desire to pour ourselves into a relationship with you. So I pray this week that every one of us, no matter what our circumstances are, what fears we face, what decisions we make, I pray, Lord Jesus, that as you come to us and offer these choices, that we would choose you and that the world would see you because of your work in our lives. We praise you, Jesus. And we commit ourselves to you and your kingdom. In, the, in your name we pray.